I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Biscuits. It's a hockey podcast. I'm Dave. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in a studio. I'm wearing headphones, ready to talk about hockey. And you know who else is here? You, you, you know his name. Why, why, why do we even introduce you every week? Everyone knows who you are. Yeah, it'd be kind of it'd be kind of weird if people were listening 50 episodes in. Yeah, still weren't sure. I'm Sean. I'm in Ottawa. I'm also wearing headphones. Let's talk some hockey. Here's 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 what I don't get. So 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 me and Sean like to do this little thing called show prep, which is basically like four emails. It, maybe maybe it gets up to six or eight on a, on a particular week. And you know, hey, what do you want to talk about? The Florida Panthers are surging. Uh, you know, the, what else? What else is there on the docket this week? We've got um, teams free falling. We got I, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. But this morning, Sean's like, oh oh, goaltender interference because last night Freddie Anderson and. The Sabres and Mike Babcock and and Sean says in his email, I want to talk about this because I'm mad at Mike Babcock. And I stared at that email in a little little bagel place in Brooklyn. I'm staring at it. I'm just wondering what 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 what's he mad at Mike Babcock for? Mike Babcock didn't run over his goalie. Mike Babcock didn't decide that wasn't goalie interference. So please tell me why why you're mad at Mike Babcock this morning. All right. Well, maybe maybe I'm not so much mad at Mike Babcock, <laughs> but I'm I'm. I'm mad at something that Mike Babcock said, and I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm projecting my my more general anger in his direction. Here's here's what happened last night. The Leafs were playing the Sabers. If people didn't see it, there was a goal that was scored. Uh, Frederick Anderson is going out to make a save. As he's going out, one of the Sabers comes by, kind of clips his leg, sends Frederick Anderson flying. The puck goes in at that exact moment. Call on the ice is that it's a goal. The Maple Leafs challenge for goaltender interference. We get a review, uh, and then the referee comes back and says, "Nope, good goal." No explanation, of course. No, no clarity, anything Don't like that. that. And a lot, a lot of people were a lot of people were upset because when you look at the replay, certainly does look like the 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 Sabers player comes in and kind of clips the skate, uh, but the the ruling apparently was that. The contact occurred outside of the crease, and if it's outside of the crease, then it's uh, and and if it was viewed as incidental, and and the Leafs defenseman was kind of guiding the the Sabers player, not really pushing him, but but sort of guiding him along that path, and basically the the officials did what they have been instructed to do, which is they looked at the replay, they did not see an obvious case for overturning it like a slam dunk yeah we 100% got it wrong and so they did what they've been told to do and they stuck with the call on the ice which was a goal and Mike Babcock was unhappy as you would expect because it's his team and you know he wants the calls to go his way and I'm sure Leaf fans most of them weren't weren't happy but I think they you know I, I think they got it right as far as the system goes you disagree. I mean, here's the thing about it. Go ahead and make well, my, my case is, you know, if, if I'm if I'm out on the ice, you know, being the the superstar forward that I am, and I'm trying to score a goal, and before I score the goal, I I kick the goalie's skate out, and then I get the puck and shoot it past him. I probably shouldn't be allowed to do that, whether he's in the crease, outside the crease. He was kind of in the crease anyway. He was still kind of touching the crease when when the contact yeah, was made. It was it was so 
it was i don't know it, it, it was kind of like right on the the whole right on the, the, the line thing there. that bugs me is the whole incidental thing like it incidental mm-hmm. can't be the the bar for interference nobody like 99 percent well, of goalie things aren't intentional like no one's no one's just steamroll no one's miles wooding or chris Kreidering a goalie down on the ice every night it's always going to be something like that and that was just such hard mm-hmm. contact that affected them to make the save i just don't and, get it and that's and that's fine but what you're describing is is a objection to the rule itself not to the replay review system and and this is you know where you know like it, it i'm starting to get a, a little bit frustrated because i keep hearing from from everyone from media from fans even from from some of the players and and, and coaches and and this kind of gets to what mike babcock was saying that nobody knows what goalie interference is just nobody knows nobody has any idea what the rule is nobody has any idea what the interpretation is and the thing is it, you know and, and i've i've been there like you and i we've talked about this this situation this season we talked about it last season when they brought the rule in and you know i've i've done my share of complaining about it but at a certain point like the rule is not that complicated it really isn't people are making it out like it's just this incredibly indecipherable you know, three-page pa- it's, it's, it's it's in some dead language on a C scroll they found underneath, like like Montreal's yeah. forum. What is this? Can we? Can anyone? Can anyone you decode know, just, this? I don't know. You know, nobody has has any idea. It's it's worse than the NFL catch thing. No, it's not. It's it's pretty straightforward. If it's in the crease, any contact that prevents the goaltender from playing his position is no goal unless the player was pushed in by the defending team if it's outside the crease any intentional contact is no goal the players still have to avoid the goalie he's never fair game but incidental contact outside the crease is not enough to wave off a goal because the players have the right to that ice too that's it i i mean i just that that took me what 10 seconds i just explained the rule that's no more complicated than offside it's no more complicated than icing it's no more complicated than a bunch of different rules in the book. Icing, icing, the icing is, is kind of complicated now. I, I kind of lose track of icing. Icing is complicated now. Exactly. Like that, that's the thing. There's, there's, you know, the, what I just described is not some mind numbingly complicated thing. That's not the problem. Here's the problem. In that, in that short 10 second description that I just gave you, there were like three or four different elements that are judgment calls, right? Does, did, did the interference prevent the goaltender from playing his position? That's a judgment call. Was a player pushed or guided in by the defending team, or did he go on his own? It's a judgment call. Was the contact outside the crease intentional or incidental? That's a judgment call. The problem here is not that nobody knows what the rule is, and it's not that the officials are calling the rule incorrectly. The problem is we did a very stupid thing in this league, which is we made a judgment call rule reviewable by instant replay. And we turned it into a frame-by-frame breakdown that we all stare at from different angles and debate. And when you do that, yeah, you're going to have these situations where you got to play where, you know, if from this angle, if I freeze frame it here, it's the wrong call. And if you're a fan of the other team, you freeze frame it from a different angle and you get a, a different call. And, and what Mike Babcock said last night that kind of bugged me, I'll even, I'll, I'll read his quote. Mm-hmm. Because on the surface, this sounds great, and it sounds like the same sort of thing that you and I have probably said. But he says, uh, you know, he, he, he explains why he thought that it should have been interference and it should have been no goal. And he says, we better get it solved. I'm just saying, just a statement, them saying, okay, we're going to leave it the way it is, no chance. Let's get it fixed. Let's get it fixed before the playoffs so we all know the rules. And here's the thing, I, and I've heard other people say the same sort of thing. I've probably said the same sort of thing. But the more I think about it, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. You can't get it fixed. This is just about as good as it's going to get right now. There is no fix before the playoffs. There is no fix that doesn't involve rewriting the rule book. We made a mistake by bringing in replay review for a play that was a judgment call. It was a mess for a year and a half because officials were calling one thing on the ice and then nitpicking little tiny things on their freeze frame replays to find something to to overturn a goal. The NHL did the right thing by clarifying and going out to the officials a few weeks ago and saying, stop overturning goals unless you see 
obvious, yeah, I definitely miss that sort of calls. And, you know, like, I, you know, I, I, I complain about this topic. I complain about all sorts of things. 90% of this show is us complaining about the NHL and complaining about the league. But you got to be fair about it. And what's happening now is there's this kind of disingenuous thing where for a year and a half, we all complained about goals being taken off the board on nitpicky little things. For the first time in recorded memory, the league actually heard us and said, yeah, you know what? We did screw this up. Let's try to fix it a little bit. And now you've got people in this new system saying, well, now it's not consistent. Yeah, well, no kidding. It's not consistent. You change something. That's what happens when you change something. You changed it from what it was before to what it is now. You can't now say, well, two months ago, that would have been a different call. Yeah, it would have been. Like that Frederick Anderson goal last night probably is no goal if that play happens two months ago. But the NHL did what we wanted them to do. They reminded the officials not to go looking for things and to only call obvious mistakes, obvious cases. And that's what they're doing. And this is pretty much as good as it's going to get. And it's it's easy to say, fix it before the playoffs. There isn't a fix. There's nothing you can do short of rewriting the rule book, which is not something you can do during a season. Okay, here's here's my counterpoint, though. That that was interference last night. <laughs> he was in the crease and he got bumped and he got knocked down. That's that he he was he was on the edge of the crease. It's not where it's where the contact is. If the if his leg is outside the crease and that's the contact, he's outside the crease. Doesn't matter. The rest of him is in the crease. And it was close. It, and and again, it's one of those things you can freeze frame it here and say, even in the super slow mo, where does the contact happen? It's right around the edge. But if it's right around the edge and you have to get into freeze frames let the call in the ice stand that that, i mean that's to me i'm a leafs fan i wanted that call to go the leafs way but this is bigger picture this is how we want them calling it i think the bigger the bigger issue is why is freddie anderson going to play 75 games this year when the leafs have been set in the playoffs now for like two months like why 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 is he getting run into the ground when he's going to have to probably play seven games against boston in april i don't get it that is that is part of it, but I mean he's he's it's not like he's given up five goals a game late in the season. Oh wait, no, he's he's doing that. Here here's the one thing I would like the league to do. The the one thing this doesn't fix it, but the one piece that I think might be missing, and they may have already done this, but I from from watching how the the games are kind of playing out since they made the change, I'm I'm not sure that they have. And that's that you go. I think you got to go back to the officials and say, all right, we don't want you overturning your calls on the ice. Unless you see something really obvious. Like last night, if that referee, for whatever reason, as he saw the play in real time, if he just thought that Frederick Anderson caught an edge or stumbled or lost his balance, or if he thought for some reason that it was, I think it was Jake Gardner was the Leafs defenseman, if he thought it was his skate that that clipped him, and then he sees the replay and goes, oh no, it was the Sabre. Okay, I missed that. Then, okay, then go ahead and overturn it. But, you know, we only want the obvious ones you shouldn't, you know, 90% of these reviews should result in the call on the ice staying. But given that, we need you guys to really make sure you get the call on the ice right and not default to what always happens in every sport as soon as you bring in replay and the officials start defaulting to just letting, to, to, to doing nothing, to letting the play on the ice or the on-field right, exactly. stand because they know they know replay has their back. They know that, you know, they, they'll they'll catch it. And we had a year and a half to train these referees that it's better to just let it be a goal and then you can overturn it if you need to versus going the other way. We, we kind of have to get them back to that, like, hey, you have to make the tough call in real time and we'll have your back and we're going to support you unless the replay is completely uh, makes it completely obvious that you made a mistake. But y- you've got to really get back to making those calls and not just doing this kind of, you know, the play develops and you do this half-hearted point and, you know, then skate over and go right to the replay because, you know, it's it's going to bail you out because we don't want replays bailing you out anymore unless they absolutely have to. All I want is is a thing that I think would make things a little bit better would be if referees would just explain what they were doing. You know what I mean? Like, like in football, they don't do it perfectly every time but usually you know what they're reviewing it's a pass to the sideline did he get the second foot down did he maintain possession all the way to the ground like on this particular replay you're watching it and you see freddie anderson just get his skate kicked out clearly that affected his ability to make the save the guy who kicked his foot out scores and you're just like well clearly that was interference and then they spend two three minutes reviewing it and then they come back and they say after review the call on the ice stands we have a good goal 
it would it would help if the referee would say after review it was determined that the skate contact was outside the crease therefore we can't call it goaltender interference like why 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 can't you just throw in like 12 more words for me exactly. it's me at home after, fans at the arena it's annoying upon further review the contact occurred outside the crease and was incidental therefore it's a good goal that, right. that's it's, it's and, like eight words. and not only not yeah and and if they do that you know, we're we're probably still arguing about it, but like half the fire goes out of the yes, argument because you know at least what they're talking about. And and not only that, and I've I've, I've beaten this drum before, but the like the league has a section of its website to address these calls. I know. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking at the one. Here's the one from last night. I'm going to read it to you. Word for word, okay? At 9.55 of the third period in the Maple Leaf Sabres game, Toronto requested a coach's challenge review whether Buffalo's Johan Larson interfered with Toronto goaltender Frederick Anderson prior to a goal. After reviewing all available replay and consulting with NHL operations staff, the referee confirmed no goaltender interference occurred before the puck crossed the goal line. Therefore, the original call stands. Good goal, Buffalo Sabres. And that's it. Thanks. That's all. That is completely useless. Like that is less than used because I just, you know, I just wasted 20 seconds of everybody's life reading that and 20 seconds of my own, you know, clicking through and finding like how tough would it be to have somebody, you know, in, in the war room, whoever, you know, sit down and be like, just write a paragraph. Here's what the call was. And here's, here's why. And help us explain like they do on the suspension videos where half the time they can change your mind by the end of the video because... They point out something you didn't see. So, yeah, I mean, get get the referees back on track as far as really focusing on making the right call on the ice. Do a better job of explaining it. That's the best we can do between now and the playoffs. And then in the offseason, you've got two choices. You either have to rewrite the rule book to make goaltender interference a black and white call, or you get rid, you, you get rid of review for any element of it that's not if you want to keep review for in the crease outside the crease something that's black and white fine but you know this is why we don't have review in any sport for judgment calls because this is exactly what you wind up getting into where of course every team is going to have some calls go against them every team's going to think that all the calls go against them and every team's going to say well we don't know what the rule is well you know what you do know what the rule is. You just don't like how the that referee applied his judgment, which is that referee's entire job. So why don't we let them do it and just get the reviews out of there? And we accept that a couple of times a year, there's going to be a real obvious one that gets missed, and that's life. Wow. Anti-technology. I never I never thought... You, you know what I like about those explanations? They, they read like your parents when you were a kid, and you were like, I want a puppy. And they were like, no, we've decided against that. Why? Because I said so. That's all it is. Like, all those reviews that are is, just says because I said so. It's, That's it. It's literally, the, the website is literally cut and paste. That's it. They cut and paste the teams, the time, the players involved, and then in consultation with the worm and all available angles, it was determined and it's like A or B. They cut and paste yep. from call to A or B. The call stands or call was overturned. It is, it is less than useless, and I. but they've been doing it for... For two years but so that that's my you know that's my area where i'm gonna rip on the league again but big picture if we're gonna have review for a judgment call this is close to as good as it's gonna get and it's better now than it was before and i don't know like i some of these fans out there i i want to like grab them and go like do you not remember what it was like two months ago when, when they were overturning goals left and right on nothing and nobody understood why like this is better. I don't know how we got to this Stockholm syndrome thing where we're all like, "Why isn't the NHL taking goals away?" That's what we want. Like, no, it's not. Like, I, I know if it's your team, of course you're going to want the call to go their way. But the rest of us should want the calls on the ice to stand, and 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 most of the time that means we should want the goal to stand, unless it's really obvious. If it's not really obvious, let the call stand and get on with the game. This is this is what we said we wanted. The league is at least trying to give it to us. So, you know, what are we complaining about? Well, speaking of things that are obvious, um, the MVP race. I, oh, God. 
I mean, it's it's so it's so clearly obvious who should win the MVP, and I don't even know why we're even going to dedicate any time on this podcast yeah. to it. But I mean, yeah, that that guy is is definitely it's, it's right. He's, he's going to run away. His with case it. is so good for it that I don't even know why we're even talking about anybody else. Like his numbers yeah. and what he's done for his team, it's just so it's just you're, you're you're bonking me over the head. It's so obvious, and and yet you you look at you look at where that team would be without oh. him, and it's it's very different than uh, right. And there, uh, so who are you voting for? And, there, and there's, there's that other guy too, who's similar, but clearly not as good. Yeah. In that in that same scenario, right. he's got way more stuff around. And then him. and then there's the guy from your favorite team who should be in the race, but he's not yeah. because the the stupid media never watches your team. They're they always watch all the other. I have no idea who I'm voting for for the Hart Trophy. I mean, I I'm really hoping something happens in the next five weeks that separates this because I had like when we did the midseason awards in January, I had a hard enough time coming up like narrowing down to five and and coming up with an order. And that was like before Taylor Hall emerged as this uh, late season dark horse candidate. And I don't know who's, who's your pick right now. Of course it's Taylor Hall. You had to vote. It's Taylor Hall. It It has to be Taylor Hall. There's no other guy. It's, it's Nathan McKinnon. If, if Colorado gets in Mm -hmm. and the the devils don't, I'm fine with that. But by the way, first of all, I don't understand the NHL rule where Taylor Hall has whatever he has at this point, like a 23 game point streak, but officially, yeah. but officially it's 15 because he missed time with an injury. Like he yeah. didn't play in those games. I don't understand. Like in baseball, yeah. you have a hitting streak. If you don't, if you take a day off and come back, your hitting streak isn't gone. Your hitting streak still exists. Yeah. Why does the point? I'm, streak I'm with, like I'm with you. We need we need to set like this this thing where. You, like and I forget every time, and then I see like some they'll tweet something out, and it's like Taylor Hall has a twenty nine game consecutive streak with points point right. appeared in game, and you're like, wait, he's got a scoring streak, and it's like, oh no, it's not, no, like scoring streaks continue even if you're like win streaks continue from one season to the next. Like if you if you close the year winning ten yeah. straight and you win your first four, like in the record books, like you've won fourteen straight. Like a season off you, doesn't matter if you don't play in the game. <laughs> It's so dumb. That that ends your games played streak. But everything else yeah. should continue. I don't I don't really see Trust me, no. It's not even like I get like something you know not not anymore these days, but back in the day we used to have the argument over like 50 goals in 50 games and was it the team's 50 or was it your 50 and you know, eh, fine. We can argue over that, yeah, but but yeah, Taylor Hall has played X games. He has points in X games. That's a scoring streak. I love the NHL. But is it enough to make him MVP. Here's 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 the thing. The Devils are so unbelievably below average to not good, and they're in the right. playoffs right now. They've lost three straight since since I decided they were going to wrap it up and clinch no problem. And they've they've lost three straight in regulation because that's just what I do. But Taylor Hall has at this moment of recording. 31 more points than the next closest guy on his team. He has 13 more goals than the next the next closest guy on his team. He's 10th in scoring, which I I get doesn't necessarily usually result in a guy getting the MVP. But I have doofuses in my mentions who are like Patrice Bergeron, who's like 47th in scoring. Like God, we're not giving the MVP to Patrice Bergeron, so stop. If, if anything, we're going to give it to Brad Marchand, who's played fewer games and is better on that. P- Patrice Bergeron's not even the best guy in his line. I'm tired of hearing, 200-foot game, leadership, I don't care. He's not the MVP. He's he's, he's, he's really good. He's not the MVP. And then you have um, Nathan McKinnon kind of has a similar case, but, I mean, he has guys riding shotgun. He has guys making saves. Like, nobody on the Devils has a better save percentage than, like, 912. Like this isn't like a yeah. Devils team that wins two to one and Corey Schneider's at like nine thirty five. Like Taylor Hall is lugging this team into the playoffs. So does that make him? To me, that makes him more valuable to the team so, than Nikita Kucherov s- to Tampa. So you subscribe to the idea that the valuable and most valuable player, yes, is is relative to the team. Would you vote for someone whose team didn't make the playoffs? Oh sure. Oh yeah. We've I've okay. I've talked about this before. Where if you like. Let let's say, I mean, this year's kind of weird. Like like everyone just wants to give it to Nikita Kucherov because right now he has six more points than the next closest guy. Well, actually, Malkin Malkin scored a bunch last night. Yeah. But like going into that game, he had six more points than Malkin. Like six points over eighty two games is like point 
what four it's point zero whatever points more per game than the other guy like you're really gonna just give it to the guy for that like ah. i I feel like kucherev's case is kind of fading i don't know if he just peaked too early or like we all got bored and and started looking for others thing it happens every that's how Corey perry won the mvp guys got bored with the with uh whichever sedina was here yeah Uh, here's i guess here's my here's my thing there's uh, there's a couple pieces of this and and i guess they're related is First of all, it's that debate over what, like, what is value? Is it relative to the team, or is it just va- most valuable player is just a fancy way of saying best player? Uh, and you know, there's there's cases on both sides, right? It's like because I, I see it's you know it's it's like if you're if you're rich and I'm poor, what's more valuable? Two hundred dollars in your pocket or a hundred dollars in my pocket? You know, the two hundred for you, yeah, you go out and you you have dinner. The hundred for me might be the difference between me making my rent payment. So. It's obviously more valuable to me is one side of the argument. <laughs> the flip side of the argument is $200 is more valuable than 100 What are you even talking about? Why are we having this argument? Also, also, yeah. I'd like to know how you got your $200. Did, did you earn your $200 on your own or did Steven Stamkos give you like 160 of those dollars that you have in your pocket? Uh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, like, like if we're talking most valuable player as best player, then, yeah, I mean, you, Connor McDavid has a great case. Maybe Connor McDavid should be the MVP again. You should get the Ted Lindsay. But then a lot of people the are. Ted Lindsay but then a lot of people go. Well, the Ted Lindsay's the player. See, this award, is though. like that. This is this is different. this is this is Sean Canadian hypocrisy. Where you spent the first fifteen minutes of the podcast talking about the letter of the law, reading me the rules, and now when it comes to the MVP, yeah. you're like, well, what does it actually mean? When there's a, because they don't define. Well, they do. It. They it's, don't it's say the player judged to be most valuable to his team. That's the that's the official right. That's the official, and the Ted Lindsay is just the best player, so you can give it to McDavid or Kucherov. But MVP. So I mean, if if take Con- if Connor McDavid blows out his ACL on opening night, the Oilers, I mean, this year's Oilers would have been an absolute even worse of a train wreck. Yeah. Than they've been. I mean, you but, take Eric Carlson off the Ottawa Senators, they're basically a peewee team. That's valid, right? But I mean, the, and, the difference, and, you know, in that the sense, there, though, is to, that Edmonton has was, is going to finish the year with like sixty-eight points instead of sixty-two. Like, what, what's the value there? Like, that's that's. Eh. And and I get that, and you know, I I, I do kind of lean towards that side of it. The, the the thing that concerns me a little bit with that logic is, and, and it's you're seeing it this year with, I think some of the debate went with Taylor Hall with, uh, with Nathan McKinnon, is we start turning the MVP into the same sort of thing as the coach of the year award where it's basically yeah most most surprised team we were most wrong about you know we all assume the avalanche would be bad we all assume the devils would be bad they're not oh therefore they have to have either the coach of the year or <sighs> we give the mvp like like let me make let me make this counter argument you tell me where i'm wrong because i'm not i'm not sure i even buy this but i'm kind of thinking my way through wait, wait. This ballot I've got to put Wait, together. Hang on, I'm used. To, I'm used to saying what the what, why the NHL is wrong. I don't want to turn my my powers against you. I don't want to tell you that you're wrong. That's just practice. It's like it's like batting practice. It's like a little little sparring. Little okay, okay. Tell me, tell me whether or not. Okay, okay. Taylor Hall right now has got 72 points mm-hmm. on a Devils team where he is clearly the best player, uh, and they are in the playoff race. Alexander Ovechkin mm-hmm. has got 72 points mm-hmm. on a Capitals team where. The, that we would all agree is better than the Devils, but he is still the best, most important player on that team. And he's got the Capitals in the running, not just for the playoffs, but for first place overall in a very stacked Metro division. And yet, as far as I can tell, the buzz out there is that there's lots of talk about Taylor Hall as MVP. There's virtually none about Alexander Ovechkin as, as MVP. And I wonder, is that because we're seeing something different between their impacts on their teams or whatever have you? Or is that just because we all expect Alexander Ovechkin to put up these sorts of numbers and we didn't expect Taylor Hall to do it? So therefore, because we're surprised and because the alternative is just admitting we were wrong in how we projected the season, we have to go and give Taylor Hall the Hart Trophy for exceeding our expectations, which might have just been wrong in the first place. Okay, here's why you're wrong. All right. First of all, the, the obvious reason why Ovechkin and Malkin aren't going to win is because they're Russian. They're, they're I mean, come on. If you're going to if you're going to be a Russian and win, you got to run away with it. You can't just be kind of in the middle of the pack with the same sort of numbers. Kopitar too. Kopitar may as well be Russian as far as voters are concerned. So he's out. But like I the, the argument for how we give out the 
the coach of the year and how we give out the GM of the year, I think for sure, like what we thought before the season weighs into it way too much. But with the MVP, I don't really feel like people do that. I, I like maybe maybe that that does come into play a little bit where you're like, wow, this team is supposed to be bad, and Nathan McKinnon's dragging it to the blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, though, we're all kind of going off the same thing. We're looking at where the team is in the standings, where the guy isn't scoring, and stuff like that. And Ovechkin has, I mean, again, Ovechkin has Evgeny Kuznetsov. He has Nick Backstrom. Um, I mean, Brayden Holpe is not having a great season, but I mean, John Carlson's better than pretty much every Devils defenseman. Like the Devils are, they're they're so much better and faster this year than they used to be, but they're really still not good. And Taylor Hall, again, like the, the gap between Taylor Hall and Nico Hishier is so wide. Like you, you could fit a 31 point guy. You, you could fit Rick Nash in between those two guys. That, that's how many points the gap is. You could fit 31 points. I'm, I'm doing a Rick Nash joke. But yeah, I just, I, I don't, I, I understand what you're saying about the whole expectations before the season thing and how that weighs in. And we just assume Malkin's going to be awesome. We just assume Ovechkin's going to be awesome. Yeah. But I just, I just think, like, we, Taylor we, Hall we spent all year. <sighs> Picking like uh, like I felt like the first half Nikita Kucherov was great in the first half, but I also felt like it was kind of this sort of under the radar kind of mea culpa thing we were all doing where we're like we didn't recognize this guy as being yeah, should, an elite player. You should have got it so, last year. Last year he, he lugged that like you, yeah, yeah you, we, all right we're talking about whether a team has to make the playoffs like Tampa missed by a point last year and Nikita Kucherov mm-hmm. lugged that team without Steven Stamkos for four months to that spot and I think I don't know where he finished in the heart yeah. but he wasn't a finalist right so. I don't think yeah. so, no. But and he, yeah, and so it's kind of like, but but then it's weird because the first half of the season we're like he's going to win the scoring title, he's going to win the MVP, and now like Malkin might catch him, and like there's no buzz around Malkin because we all assume, yeah, the Penguins are good. But I mean, I, I guess I'll leave the debate with. But there's there's one final point that I think is is crucially important that we haven't made yet, and that's that if Taylor Hall wins the MVP, it will be really funny. <laughs> And it will make Oiler fans really sad yeah. because they traded him away for Adam Larson. Like that's why it won't happen is because Canada won't ever admit that Taylor like all that that entire voting contingent won't do it. Well, you know what? I don't. I, it's not Canada. Not Canada. But yeah. I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, it's going to be interesting because we're uh, right now the the uh, the Procurator Association is is debating and voting on whether we should make our ballots public as a like as a matter of like as a rule. If that rule passes, it's going to be fascinating to kind of see what the Taylor Hall vote looks like, oh, especially yeah. coming out of Edmonton. Because that, I mean, can, can you not see a scenario where Taylor Hall finishes like second oh, yeah. to Nikita Kucherov or wherever by like a few votes, oh, and then we yeah. find out like no one in Edmonton put him on the ballot at all? And there's like one Edmonton ballot where like Taylor Hall is behind Adam Larson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See now, I want that more than Taylor Hall to win the MVP. I don't want to be right. I want to see Taylor Hall come in second and then have have Nikita Kucherov win because Adam Oscar Clefbaum got some votes. <laughs> how is that? That's how is it, that whatever. vote going? By the way, do you know where it's at percentage wise? Can you can you break? No, news? I, don't, I, mean, I They're not going to. Uh, I don't think they're they're releasing that. We just we the vote is going on. I think we get till like sometime in the middle of March to to vote, and then they're going to announce it. And it's going to be either status quo, where it's it's up to you whether you want to release your ballot, and most people do, but some people don't, or it's going to become a new rule where you must release your ballot, and if you don't want to, then you don't vote, which will be interesting in its own right to see kind of who passes up the opportunity to, to vote because they don't want to make it public, which, I you know, mm. I get that a little bit. I know everyone hears this, and they just think it's because people want to be lazy and homers and and put in terrible ballots and not be held accountable for them but i do get where especially in some of the smaller markets there are people who are like like i don't know, like if if you're in colorado like what if you don't think nathan mckinnon's the mvp but you have to put your name to the fact that you put him fourth and he ends up just missing out on winning and you got to go up to him the next day like hey yeah. how's the how's the game day skate going and he's like hey good yeah you just cost me like a million dollar bonus so uh thanks well, too bad too bad. I, I do get that. Too but, bad. But you can't, you know, we want everyone. I voted yes because we want everyone else to be accountable and put their names on things. So we kind of have to do it too. Boy, I, I love hearing those sob stories from local writers. You know, oh man, I don't want to have to face Nathan McKinnon. 
Really? Like, like I, I, I picture these guys like covering the White House where they can't, they can't ask any hard questions because they're afraid they're going to lose their access. Only instead of that, it's losing access to Miko Ratanen. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, you, you poor soul. Oh, I feel so bad for hockey writers to have it so tough where a guy might not talk to them. Well, here's what you do. If, if, if Nathan McKinnon stops talking to you and you just write the piece that says Nathan McKinnon's not a leader because he won't face the media, there you go. You get some content and some clicks. Go. Classic journalism. Not a, who's your MVP? He's who's not. your MVP though? Before we before we take our our regular right now, break. if you had to vote right now, someone's holding a gun to your head for some weird reason, and they said, "Tell me your MVP." <laughs> who's I? Uh, I honestly, I honestly <gasps> don't know the answer to that question. Wow. I would probably put it this way: I had Kucherov number one on my midseason ballot. At this point, I guess he'd still be there, but I, I like I'm. I'm one of those people when the season ends and I got to do this, it's it's like a homework assignment because I spend so much time going through and like <laughs> reading the different arguments and this and that. And I haven't done that yet. And usually... Daddy, help me with my homework. I can't. It is. It's... Yeah. Except instead of... <laughs> it's daddy's too busy Googling like random blog posts where people are making the case on who should win the Selkie and he actually has no idea. Like I'm always worried like for like you know, like Lady Bing or something. I'm going to vote for some guy because he only had four penalty minutes and someone's going to be like, yeah, but that was a double minor for cross-checking a referee in the throat. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn, okay. Sorry. Uh, All right, I'll do mine then. I, my, my three are Kucherov, McKinnon, Hall, and then I have Drew and Kopitar in the next level, and then like Ovechkin's behind them. Yeah, Giroux should be in there too. L- like Giroux and Kopitar have much. really good cases in any other year. Like usually by this point, we, we kind of know who's going to win it, but I feel like this year's a little bit different where it's kind of more wide open. And then beyond that, like stop talking about Bergeron and Marchand. Stop talking about Gaudreau and Stahl. Those guys, you're, waste, you're wasting everyone's time. Like if you're Blake Wheeler, look, Blake Wheeler's having a great season. He's not winning the MVP. Stop asking. Asking about Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler's not good. His, his case isn't as good as like six other guys. It's like just do the math. He's he's not. He's he's having a great year. The Jets are going to the playoffs, but that team's. Yeah, that team's but you got to have that one guy that's like a, a little bit out there that you slip in in the fifth spot on your ballot, just so you can just look up. Just so you can feel a little different, and you don't feel like you ended up with the exact same ballot that everyone else did, because then it would look like you just cut and pasted somebody else's that Play. they posted. Vasilevsky, get so, out of here. You know, it's like it's like when you copy off the kid next to you, but then you got to like change one answer. <laughs> Just because you know, it'd be too obvious. So, wow! Listen, listen to you. All the all the, all the cheating, all the lying, Sean. When's it gonna When's it gonna stop? When's it gonna stop? It's gonna tune in uh, for our last episode of the season when Dave fills out my ballot for me <laughs> without knowing it, and I just write everything he says down. All right, all right. So Kucherov. So we agreed then. We're unanimous. Congratulations to Keith Kucherov on his unanimous selection. Kucherov one as the hard Kucherov one, Nugent Hopkins two, McDavid three, Clefbaum four, and Larson five. That's my ballot. <laughs> Everly, gotta throw Jordan Everly in there. That's <laughs> the all Chiarelli ballot. Barzal three. <laughs> all right, let's 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 sell some stuff. I think we kind of went a little long in the first half there, so uh, we'll be back in like two seconds or five minutes, however long the ads are, and then we'll talk some more about some more stuff, and it'll be fun. Hang in there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The outdoor game that many of us did not know was probably happening until like Friday, I would say, unless you're like a Leafs or a Caps fan. That happened on Saturday night. And, uh, the Leafs and their stupid all-white jerseys were thumped by the Caps and their less stupid but still kind of stupid special outdoor jerseys. And um, Sean, I, I, I want I want your feelings on on two things. One, the uniforms, which which were quite divisive here in the states. And has there ever been a time in Canada when they cut away from a hockey game because there was like a power outage or some sort of delay with the ice because they needed to get to like Shit's Creek? At like eleven o'clock on CBC, has that ever happened? Because that happened down here. You know what? That that has happened. That very famously happened in like the eighties. I want to say 
in the playoffs, there was an, I think it was one of these cases where Hockey Night Canada did, did its game and then they went, there was another game. So they went to cover that game. It was an overtime and then they cut away to go to the news and Dave Hodge, very famously, when they threw to him to explain that they were cutting away, uh, was very obviously unhappy. And he made like some comment around, I guess that's just how they do things around here. And then infamously flipped his pen in disgust. And that was like the last image and they cut off and he ended up getting fired for it. Really? That, that was like, yeah, Dave Hodge pen flip. You can probably find that still on YouTube. It was a very famous moment in uh, Canadian television and he ended up then you know going to ending up at TSN and having a long career there but uh, yeah the infamous Dave Hodge pen flip but there were no I don't think there were too many pens being flipped in no. uh, down there where you guys missed the last what four like the last, minutes of the game it was weird because like I was I was watching that and something else I forget what I was even watching because I was I was going back and forth and then I went back to the to channel four which is NBC and like there was like some dude who was like power outage in Massapequa and I'm like oh wow the game's over already I thought there was like four five and then I checked Twitter and it's like NBC exclamation point this is terrible and I was like no they didn't just they didn't just cut off the yeah. game for local news did they but, oh my god but here's here's the thing like oh. they you know people people are like you know they're they're un, they're unhappy they feel like the NHL got disrespected and but people are pointing at the the power outage. They're going, you know, there's a 15 minute power outage, and that screwed the time up. But it didn't. Re- like the game started at eight o'clock, but it didn't. It started at like eight twenty, yeah. because they had to do all the pregame stuff. If like some, it must have occurred to somebody. Take the power outage out of it. Like it must occur to somebody. We might run past eleven. Like did they not have a plan in place? Like the game could have gone to overtime. Could have gone to shootout. Yeah. You have to. You have to. There could have been weather delays you know there could have been any number you, you, you got to redo the ice sometimes like it wasn't impossible to see coming that this game would still be going on at 11 it was o'clock. a 15 so minute I, delay guessing, it was 15 minutes and that's that's almost yeah. overtime in a shootout i mean yeah close. exactly so uh, i like somebody's it's it, it's it's not like this was some unexpected thing and nbc had to make a call at the last minute like they they this this must have already been in the books as the plan that somebody told the NHL, hey, we're cutting away at 11. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe if it was overtime, they weren't going to cut, but because it was a 5-2 game or whatever. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't, this isn't quite as bad as a few years ago when they cut away from, wasn't it like overtime of a playoff game? Because yeah, in the OLN days, they had to get, yeah. They had to get to like the pregame of a horse race. Oh, like that, that was, was oh the afternoon playoff game. Yeah, there there was like a, there was like a conference championship game. I think it was like a Sabers one of those two years they went to the Eastern. That might conference. have been Sabers Senators. Actually, Maybe now that yeah, I, yeah. And like the 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 Belmont or something was two hours away, and they had to interview the horses or whatever they do on the Eddie Olchek. Eddie Olchek's in the booth talking a talking a funny side about the upcoming race. Here here's the here's the thing so, no one's talking about though is. The game was played at uh, Navy in Annapolis, and NBC cut away from the troops. So I just want to know why NBC disrespected the troops and That's didn't disrespect. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, like cutting away from a game is basically like taking a knee during the anthem, as far as I'm concerned. Just just so that you could get to the news in time for Saturday Night Live, which was being hosted by a basketball I player. I mean, it's that's... so great. It's like it, it's, wish... it's such a big F you too. For the NBC is just like, oh, you don't want you don't want to send your players to the Olympics. Well, guess what? We're gonna cut the Charles Bark. We're gonna cut off your hockey game to watch an, a retired NBA guy from the '80s host host yeah. SNL, who's still more yeah. famous than any <laughs> active player that you have. Oh, I love the sport. Oh, oh well. I did not like the uniforms. Yeah, they're bad. I know some people they're did. Bad. I they're really bad. They, they it's they're. I mean, the all white thing. Like I don't know you. You're you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. You don't need to be the ones being creative and that. Like the the sweaters themselves were fine, but the white pants, white gloves, that doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. And and they looked weird on TV. I don't know what they look like at the game itself, but like they were kind of like I I saw before I flipped the game on. I saw a couple people tweet. They're like the Leafs look like they're glowing, and I was like, what does that mean? Like what kind of weird (laughs) metaphor is that? And then I turned it on. I was like, oh, yeah, no, they look like they're glowing. They, they That's like, like Tron characters. Look like you're, yeah. It's like, you know, there was like one guy. It's like you're like you're playing a video game and like that's the guy you're controlling because he's yes. shiny. and Yes, that's exactly what it was. Except it was the whole team. Yeah. Only nobody was controlling the least because they were they were constantly getting no. outskated by everybody else who was in the in the dark blue. But they were. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine as outdoor games go. But yeah, I was, I mean, I'm a Leafs fan. And even I, like on Thursday, I sat down to write my weekend preview and i was like all right yeah there's i was like why are 
why is the schedule all weird? Why are there games in the afternoon and the game starts at, oh, okay, yeah. This must be that outdoor game. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. That's it. No more outdoor games until Notre Dame next year. So if you're kind of tired of these things, that's the good news. Great. But other than that, I don't know. The curling thing was funny at the beginning. That's it. That's all we're going to, like, t- five years from now, that's what we're going to remember is the curling face-off and, and that they cut away from the game. Classic NHL. Where, where the sport nobody cares about at all, not even during the Olympics, takes takes precedence over over your stupid regular season game. But enough about the outdoor game. Yeah. We, we 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 could we could make fun of the NHL forever, and we we will as long as they continue to let us do this podcast. But um, the, the I I want to tell you, I, I really thought the Florida Panthers were dead. I, I stopped thinking about them. Yeah. I, I I like the, the, I don't even care what their score their scores of their games were, whatever. And now you look up. And and they have all these games in hand, and they can't stop winning, and they're beating teams ahead of them, and they're surging. And I'm just like, wait, was Dale Talon right all along? Because he was he was Maybe he was he wrong was. the first like 50 games, and now he seems like no, he's the, right. The computer boys are wrong. No, I, like, I wrote about this on the weekend where it's like, like I feel like as in in the NHL world, we've kind of made this unspoken agreement where we pretend the teams are still in the race even when they're not. Like, if you're eight points back in December, we still act like you're in the race because we we want to promote this idea of parity and everything, and nobody points out that actually, you know, because of the loser point, you can't make up ground and you're screwed. But, like, the flip side is when you're out, you're out, and you're supposed to go away and be forgotten for the rest of the season. And, like, the the Panthers were 12 points out in the middle of January. Like, they they were done. Everyone's like, okay, we don't have to think about the Florida Panthers again. And now suddenly they're in the or they I mean they were in briefly on on Sunday night for a few hours they were in that last wild card spot and, and they're they're hot they've got a pretty easy looking schedule the rest of the like their next six six or so game I think they play like like five or six against like Ottawa Montreal Edmonton like all the teams that like the Rangers all the teams that have given up. And then the other weird thing is they've got the Bruins four times in their last 15 games or so, but the Bruins by that point are probably going to be locked into second place. So who knows if if they're even going to really bother with it. So it's a good story, and it's it's kind of cool because if they get that last playoff spot, like the second wild card, that means they're going to play the Lightning in the first round, which we've never had. We've we had these two teams yeah. in the same division for 25 <laughs> years now, and they've never played each other in the playoffs. The Battle of Florida. We've got a new contender for the lazily named geographic rivalry. <laughs> Florida Florida man attends Florida hockey game. <laughs> Florida man. I you know you know what you know what's gonna be a sneaky sneaky good part of it is is pretty much since the Parkland the Parkland shooting, like Roberto Longo went on the ice and he spoke and it was great and there 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 there's gonna come a point where people are gonna realize they're playing for them, they're playing for the kids from that school. And the yep. longer they last in the playoffs, the longer the conversation about guns is going to happen. So I think that's kind of going to be a nice sort of side thing because because it's at some point people are going to start writing features about the kids going to the games, and I guarantee you that. that right. So so you're saying we're going to have a four game conversation? Wow! Wow! Or five game? Look, look, I I know I know as you as a huge Ottawa Senators fan in Ottawa, remember. What happened when when the Senators went on that huge run at the end of the year and That's then true. lost in the first round? But Florida, anybody has a chance. Florida probably can't. Well, especially they, if Luongo keeps playing like this. Like that Luongo injury might end up being, yeah. you know, in a weird way, the best thing that happened to him because he's not coming into the playoffs as like a 30, 38, 39 year old having already played sixty five games. He's he's you know the workload hasn't been too bad. They can. That'd be fun. They can I beat mean, the Caps. They can't. They probably can't beat Tampa, but they could beat the Caps if it works out that way. But that would be perfect, right? Like in this whole season, everyone's like, "Oh, the it's Tampa, Boston, Toronto. It's that big, the big three on top. Who's going to emerge from that terrible row?" And they all load up, and then like have the Panthers just come in and sneak through the hole, knock off the Lightning and the Leafs or whoever, and just go right to the conference final. The East is way worse than I thought it was. Going like at some point early in the year, I thought the East was better than the West. But then you look at it like the, the bottom, like the, the the there's I think ten teams in the West that are plus in goal differential, and I think it's six in the East. Yeah. Like it's it's not a great conference this year. So it depends. Let 
Panthers go in, they they go through, they roll through the Atlantic, and then they face the Penguins in a rematch of the 1996 conference final that ruined hockey for two decades because we all realized that an expansion team could just clutch and grab and beat Merrill Lemieux and Yammer Jagger and everybody else. Oh, remember that? Yeah. yeah. Scott Mellon. That was terrible. The that was the worst, yeah. the worst conference final ever. And then they got, then they went to the final and, and played the worst Stanley cup final ever where they got swept and lost one game, like eight to eight to one. And the, the, the Stanley Cup clinching goal was a triple overtime, one nothing goal scored by a defensive defenseman. Yui Krupp. Accidentally. Yui Krupp from the blue accident, line. Accidentally totally accident. throwing the puck at the, that nobody saw. Like, literally, nobody has any record. I don't even think it's on YouTube. It's just like a totally forgotten <laughs> moment. <laughs> Patrick Watt doesn't even count that Stanley Cup ring. He actually had it melted down and, and just and, and donated it to, to like a pawn shop. He's like, here, just take it. Exactly. Know. Oh, uh, you want you want you want to do some letters? You want to do some mail? Yeah, sure. Um, I have not even. I, I usually uh, skim through these, but um, I haven't yet had a chance. I just tapped on Twitter, and there was like a bunch of questions. Uh, let's see. Let's let's just pick one blindly. James Arnone. When John Tavares leaves this summer, of course I pick this one. How quickly do the Islanders hand the sea over to Matt Barzell? <laughs> He's not going to be the captain. It's going to be Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's too early for Barzell. I don't think he's he 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 might eventually be the guy, but I don't think he's. I don't think you hand it to him right away. Yeah, that's right. You give it to Cal Cal Clutterbuck, who assassinated Brock Besser last night. Oh, I didn't see that play at all. I saw he was hurt. Cal Clutterbuck steamrolled yeah. him. Well, what no? What happened was like. Clutterbuck was carrying the puck along the boards. Besser kind of went over to sort of check him, kind of hip check him. But it was like one of these, like, I'm going to I'm gonna hit him, but I'm, you know, I don't really, I'm not much of a hitter, so I'm just going to. And Clutterbuck just like, like, yeah, I don't know what he did because it wasn't like he, he just sort of like flung him three, like he, be, like Besser bounced off him and then like it went and hit the boards but the bench door was open oh, and so it, i think he kind of clipped the that on the way by so we don't know yet if he is uh if he is hurt I, i've seriously or not but it didn't look good do you think matt barzell put money on the board and said i want the rookie of the year so you guys go out there and derail his career for the next 15 games and it must be dirt. that's 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 the Dirty only player matt barzell that's the only explanation can't believe that really happened and it's true that's unbelievable uh yeah, benjamin that's... benjamin frey hesse says you have to have either patrick line's beard for a year or jack eichel's hair for a year or for the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> what do you pick <laughs> line's beard for a month wait Lanny beard a for mu- line's beard for a year or eichel's hair for the rest of your life well i mean i gotta i guess i'm I, bald so I it's guess like i gotta just go with the year yeah but that's i don't know i mean you can you can it, i'll take the beard i mean if you have michael's hair you can feel like you can least, buzz your head you can you don't have to like grow it out you don't have to have the fro i don't know i feel i feel like the way the question is stated implies that you can't you've got you have to, to have uh, the hairstyle you've got you got to roll with the actual yeah yeah i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm going Lainey's beard uh phil gas if blake wheeler were canadian and or played in toronto would he be getting some heart trophy talk Especially, at, well, especially after moving to center and carrying the team during Mark Shreffley's injury. No. As we already no. heard, Dave does not think Blake will. I just want to point out, I, I mean, I, I don't think he's he's going to get much in the way of MVP. But he, did, he has had some. He was on my midseason ballot. He was in, like, I think I had him third or fourth on my on my ballot for that exact reason. So I don't, he's not going to, he doesn't have a chance to win, but you're going to see his name show up on, on a few ballots. I just, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, all these like he's he's one of those guys. You you had it right. He's in that kind of third tier right. of guys that by the end of the year, like maybe mix him in as your fourth or fifth pick. But he's not he's not going to win. I don't. I I'd be surprised if he got any top two or even top three votes. Like the, especially since like Shifley's back and it's so the it's, two most at the time. I was going to say, the two two most upset fan bases are Colorado because you don't talk about McKinnon enough and Winnipeg because you don't talk about Blake Wheeler enough. The two fan bases of teams that have been so bad for so long are like rising up demanding respect. How dare you not, sir? How, j'accuse, you are are intentionally 
No, he's just not. He's just like Blake and Wheeler's then, not going to win the MVP. And then you've and then you've got the flip side of it, which is like the Ottawa fans who, for years, are like, "No one ever talks about us." And this year, we're like, uh, <laughs> "Your best player wants to be traded," and they're like, "Not like that. Don't stop talking. Stop everything I've written about Eric Carlson." They're like, "Leave us alone. Go write about the Leafs." And it's like, you, I don't know, "You'd spent the last five years telling me not to do that." But uh, I like this question. I'm going to throw do this it. out there, James. James McLeod. James McLeod. Dave is sudden. Dave is suddenly the GM of the Detroit Red Wings. Sean is the GM of the Ottawa Senators. Who wins the Stanley Cup first? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm the Red Wings and you're the Senators? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, first of all, the first problem is as GM, I would spend 80% of my time just arguing at like the GM meeting about replay re- <laughs> review rules and just getting nothing done. Offsides and stuff. Yeah. And if I, was in, if I was in Detroit, I would just hang out at the MGM casino the whole time. I'd probably get no work done at all. I'd be like, Dave, Henry Zetterberg, he wants to retire. I'd be like, hang on. I'm, I gotta, I'm, I'm on a hot run at Blackjack. I can't, I can't get back there in time. So, so pretty much a status quo in, <laughs> in Detroit then. I think, I mean, I, I, I think you win the cup before I do because I do not think I would last very long working for Eugene Melnick. You're, you would have... Yeah, that's true. You've got a new arena. You've got all that extra cap room to play with yeah. once you... You know, you've got those terrible contracts. But I've got some too. And I think I would probably quit. when I In my previous life, I, I fulfilled my quota for dealing with terrible bosses and terrible upper management. Oh. And I don't think I would last very long uh, is this about sportsnet are you talking about sportsnet wow i can't believe how no, Bolton, no. In my, in, you said it sportsnet <laughs> then then in my current life sportsnet found me like on their doorstep and took me in and, and raised you to be gave me the gave me a proper caring home can, which i have blossomed into the <laughs> whatever yeah, keep going no whatever i, 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 I want to see where this goes <laughs> So let's just keep talking. By the way, can you talk to the person who does Sportsnet social media to stop tricking me into clicking links to their videos? I fall for it every day. Every day. Mike, yeah. like, you won't believe what Mike Babcock said about interference, and I'm like, oh, I want to read this, and it's like a video. Like, First of all, I mean, I'm in, I'm, yeah. I'm in America. I can't watch it, so you're, you're, you're wasting my time. Oh, do you get blocked out on those? Oh, See, that's good yeah. for me to know because I put those in things. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, pivot. Pivot to video, right? That's I think we're pivoting off video now. I think I think I think I think, I think video are. is But I think when you're a TV network and you have all the video already, you're you're allowed to still have have video. It's... But yeah, no, we we all agree the video on the Sportsnet website is wonderful, but not quite as wonderful as the written words that they Of course not. have people writing. Uh last question, Al uh no not Al. Sorry, Al. Oh fine, fine. I said your name. Maybe it's AI. I don't know if that's a lowercase L or a capital I. Which reader correction do you find most annoying? Typo, wrong draft number, stat inaccuracy, etc. Well, I don't make mistakes in my writing, so I don't really have any 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 real experience with this. I, so all all of them are terrible. <laughs> don't do that. Don't be that guy who points out corrections on Twitter or whatever else. I don't know. Like people don't see I, I I feel like some people, there's a couple of misconceptions people have. One is that they think we write the headlines. Right. That they get really mad about, even though they didn't bother to read the article. And two, I, I think they just think that like we go, like when you write for like a Sportsnet, you just write your thing and then you go and post it yourself. Like you log into the Sportsnet website and just type in your post so that if there's a typo, they like report it to you and you just go in and fix it. Like that's that's not how no. it works. Like I, I got to email people and like call like i'm not i'm really sorry about about this don't oh oh. yeah i'm I'm sorry that i made a mistake and also that you didn't catch it and now can we please (laughs) and you know but yeah no it's it's really it's it's a great feeling to spend a couple of days writing a 2000 word post and then all the feedback you get is the one minor typo in the 17th paragraph that people are breathlessly raced to point out is it is it it's or it with an apostrophe s i think you have the wrong it's in the Oh, yeah. And and if you're gonna do it, definitely like don't don't just politely point it out. Definitely go for the feigned confusion. <laughs> the, um, um, uh, like I had, uh, can't remember. I I I can't remember what. Like I had, I I, I either had Ellis as Ennis or Ennis as Ellis, and like I just had, like 
a dozen people acting confused. Like, I don't, I'm looking at the roster. I don't see this guy. Who is this that you're referring I've, to? I've done, I've done like, a lot of research here since reading this part of your story that I've screenshot and period added at you so everyone in my yeah. feed could see it. Um, Does anybody know who that is? I don't know. It's, it's so confusing. I like to reply to that. I'll just, I'll just like tell, I'll be like, actually, it was supposed to be this. I'm sorry uh, that it confused you so much that you didn't understand. And then, like, they'll reply, like, no, I, I was being sarcastic. I didn't. Uh, and it's like, no, no, it's cool. We all make mistakes. Like, uh, thank you for reaching out. And I was happy to help. And Look at this. I, I, I had no idea this was going to tap into such a... This is... I, I could do an entire hour podcast. Like, people who follow me on Twitter know that, like, this is a thing. I would do an hour easily on my utter contempt for the Twitter typo police. Like, I don't mind. I, I don't really care if, like... Like, I, in, in that, I wrote a thing about curling where I misheard on TV. I thought... I forget their names already, but it was like a lady Canadian curler and some dude Canadian curler, and like they were a team. It was um, Rachel Holman. No, it wasn't Rachel Holman. Was yep. it Rachel Holman? But she was. She wasn't the mixed curling. The, she was the. It was. It was like the. the, it, the was, it was the team. mixed curling. We're like the bad boy of curling right. and somebody else. And whoever, yeah. That that thing that we were all really yeah. interested in like two yeah. weeks ago that we've all completely forgotten. But but like yeah. I thought they said on NBC that they were they were going to be married in two months, and so I was I put it in my story, and somebody like the next day because no one knows their background, some like curling enthusiast was like, yeah, pretty sure those two aren't having sexual intercourse. They're probably just friends at best. <laughs> I think you should. Ch-. And then I went and I googled a bunch of stuff, and I was like, oh man, I could have sworn I heard. so like I don't mind if you if I, if I'm incorrectly stating in a story that people are going to be married and they're 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 barely friends. I don't mind. That's fine. You can point that out to me. I should probably fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I don't know. I just... <sighs> Go ahead. Point it out. I know you, you can't you can't resist. It's Twitter. <laughs> it's it. But, like, I, I'm just curious. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I... All right. I'll go lay down in traffic. Thanks. Um, Just wondering, could you go lay down in traffic? Because here you seem like you call the, the Sabres S-A-B-E-R-S. Are those the same Buffalo yeah. Sabres that play in hockey that are R-E-S? Like you referenced the 1978-97 season, uh, I don't remember the NHL having a 22-year season. Was that was there a lot of games? All right, you win. That's it. That's how you get a job in sports media. You point out a typo, that person has to fall on their sword, and you get their job. Congratulations, you're the that's new. That's how it works. It's like the Highlander. That's how it yeah, works. Highlander for typos. Oh, I could. I. We're gonna do an off-season episode just on oh, this man. topic. It's gonna be an hour. It's going to be you introducing the topic, me complaining for an hour, and then nothing but people ironically pointing out, like, grammatical errors in my rant. <laughs> because that's the other, oh, that's, anytime you point out, like, hey, uh, hey could you guys stop being the typo police? Somebody's always like, it would be funny if I corrected that tweet about the correction. See, no, see, you know what I, you no, know what I hate about this? Like, I know, I know you hate it. I know you hate it. And so like, I want to, I want to like go on Twitter now and just like scour your stuff <laughs> and try to find typos. But like, yeah. it, it would still come across as dickish, even if I was being ironic yeah. dickish. Jo- join in. I won't, it, 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 there's, there's, they're, they're all going to be, they're all going to be there. There was a part, there was a point where I was, I, I, considered like just intentionally putting one mistake in every piece <laughs> like it was like it was an episode of astro boy and that like that way people could find it and then but i um... <laughs> apparently apparently editors don't like it when you intentionally insert inaccurate information into your into your writing i guess that's a thing you, you said zach cassian here but you spelled his name with an h instead of a k is that the same um... zach cassian who plays for uh, i don't know I'm confused. I don't know that. I know I know there's this guy, but I don't I've never heard of that. Is it his brother or something? Like all right. Yeah. Uh you win. You're the man. All right. Well on that note, I'm I'm really sad that we didn't open the show with with the typo stuff because I would have totally done an hour on that instead of goalie interference. But this is like it's been uh, it's ruined my day. I'm gonna be angry all day long. Your kid your kid's gonna like show you some like drawing with like you know, your like dad spelled wrong or something. There's there's two D's in dad, not three. It's, Kid's going to bring home like a spelling test. I got nine out of 10, but I got this one wrong. I'll be like, I'm going to go talk to your teacher. But like, really? Really? You got to have to point out because he spelled one thing wrong. Sir, it's a spelling test. Oh, uh, all right. Well, uh, you know, you know the drill of Ice Biscuits on Twitter. Uh, you can go to iTunes and leave some typo laden reviews for us and, and have Sean read them and see if, see if, he's, see if his head explodes. Uh, what am I writing this week? I I actually wrote an MVP thing yesterday. That's not going to go up until Thursday. So you'll you'll if you don't if you don't like my MVP takes in the in the audio form, 
you're not probably going to like them in written form, but that's, that's, that's just how I saw my stuff. So, uh, look out for that. And, uh, that's all the stuff I have to say for this week. What about you? I got, uh, well, I got the grab bag coming on Friday on, uh, vice, uh, sports and my latest piece on Sportsnet just went out a little while ago. Taking a look at the GM class of 2014. 2014 was a really weird and busy year. There were eight new GMs, like a, over a quarter of the league switched GMs, and seven of them are still around. But it's kind of getting to year four of the five-year plan, and thought it was a good time to take a look at that great big GM class and who's likely to stick around and who is maybe not long for this job i love it love it thanks for listening and uh we'll catch you next week and lady please read it and thoroughly proofread, proofread it. it get get all the typos Copy edit yeah. that. and and um yeah get all the mistakes to him and thanks for listening and uh lady bird was robbed at the oscars thanks goodbye The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.